Good morning, everyone. It's so, so good to be with you. I really mean it. Um, Music is a huge part of life. I was thinking as I was writing this that it's just so... Our our lives are, are so built around music. I was thinking of the song, Shine, Jesus, Shine... Jesus loves the little children. Do you remember that song? That songs of my childhood. Whenever I hear that, I think of my childhood and living in Spain. And and music reminds us of different things, different stages of life. I remember. Do you remember the Crazy Frog song? That one. That reminds me of being a teenager. (laughs) It's. It was just a really irritating song that became popular when I was a teenager. Um, I I think of the song that I walked down the aisle to to marry Ben reminds me of that it's just music is a huge huge part of lives I wonder for you what what music uh, you like and what each song reminds you of Um, music also reminds me of different people and um, you know, I remember my grandma used to sing me a song called I am an A-S-S-B-G, a sinner saved by grace. Does anyone know that song? No, it was it was an old song that will always remind me of my grandma. Does that happen to you? Do you have songs that remind you of things, stages and people? And music stirs up emotions, doesn't it? I want to just show you two videos. Uh, let's see if this one works. Oh, probably not. stop it there because it plays the whole of uh, Moonlight Sonata (laughs) we can't be here forever isn't that beautiful that little boy hearing it for the first time and he's so moved the power of music who's been moved by just watching the video of the boy listening (laughs) It's, it's amazing it's music let's look at this one as well some of you may have seen it
mal, cariño mío, ¿cómo lo va a emocionar? ¿Y tú, y tú nos emocionas a nosotros? Bailando también. Hay que coger la punta, ¿verdad? So she's a former ballerina and with Alzheimer's and she listens to that music of when she was young and it just awakens her. The power of music, I want you to, this morning I'm not going to talk about the power of music, but I want you to understand that that's where we're going from, from that, from that context. Music is powerful. Music is huge in our lives. Whether or not we have a great voice, whether or not we play an instrument, music is a massive part of life. And you may be tempted to think that... Um, music in church is a modern idea right because now we have worship teams and and well worship bands and and worship is now an industry genre right so um it's complete with award ceremonies um sales charts there's some incredible bands at the moment christian bands and they're making a lot of money um but worship music singing is not a modern idea. It's something that's been around um, throughout time. The place of singing is at the heart of Christian practice. And throughout scripture and church history, wherever you find God's people, you find music and singing. So singing in the Old Testament is both commanded and assumed. In Exodus 15, you have like the song of salvation. So songs give voice from everything to like salvation, victory, um, in war, to romance and love songs. The song of songs or song, song of Solomon, they're all songs, they're all love songs. So in every circumstance of life in the Old Testament, you're finding songs and it's very normal for singing to be happening. And then you have the Psalms, and they're, they're full of songs, aren't they? Um, in Psalm 96, it says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Psalm 47, this is a great one. It says, Clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with cries of joy. How awesome is the Lord Most High, the great King over all the earth. He subdued nations under us, peoples under our feet. He chose our inheritance for us, the pride of Jacob, whom he loved, Selah. God has ascended amid shouts of joy, the Lord amid the sounding of trumpets. And here we go, sing praises to God, sing praises, sing praises to our king, sing praises. For God is the king of all the earth, sing to him a psalm of praise. God reigns over the nations, God is seated on his holy throne. The nobles of the nations assemble as the people of the God of Abraham for the king of the earth belong to God for the kings of the earth belong to God he is greatly exalted who can tell me how many times it says sing in there sing praises to God sing praises sing praises sing praises sing to him a song it's just full of the idea of music and song and then we have the gospels We don't actually hear a great amount about singing in the Gospels, but where we do, it really counts. 
So did you know at the um, Last Supper, just before they go, they sing. And Jesus sing, sings a hymn as a final act of fellowship with his disciples as the Last Supper draws to a close. That's in Matthew 26, 30. And then the following afternoon, when he's on the cross, he gives the opening line of Psalm 22, which is a song, and he says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Elsewhere in the New Testament, Paul instructs the early Christians to speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, or another translation says to address one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. If you've ever been stirred by Colossians 1 or Philippians 2, those passages may well be early hymns. And then there's um, Revelation 4 and 5, and that's a similar type of thing where it's a song. And that's, those words have been part of our songs ever since. Scholar Ralph P. Martin says, and it's up there, it says, he says, the Christian church was born in song. I believe God is passionate about singing. We Christians are singing people. And in God's generous wisdom, he has uh, created song, he has made music, and there are endless reasons and benefits for this, this characteristic mode of expression. This morning, that was just a little bit of sort of, I, I just want you to understand really how important singing is. This morning, I want to look at the subject, what happens when we sing? So what, what actually happens? And by the way, I've taken some different images here. Top right is um, the deep south in America um, and a black church singing their hearts out, no instruments, just singing. There we've got Gregorian chants in the left. That's like a long, long time ago, singing there. This lady here um, with her hands raised like that, that's from an underground church. They're singing. Little boy in assembly singing. That's nice. That feels familiar, doesn't it? Singing at school. What happens when we sing? This morning I want to explore these reasons um, and, and these do relate a lot to what happens when we sing as a congregation. So I'm not just talking about what happens when you sing at home, but what happens when we sing together. Number one, singing builds us up. Singing in church builds us up. They, there's a sort of talk about how music and, and worship um, there's a sort of a vertical focus that's to God but it also has a horizontal effect so when we sing there is an effect on one another some people believe that any kind of horizontal focus to one another in worship detracts from its God-centeredness and therefore it's unbiblical and inappropriate but I think they've missed the point there that when we worship God it does affect one another and singing builds us up. I've said this before but I love 
I love standing next to Ben. You might think I like being here, but I, I really much prefer being there uh, next to next to all of you, really. And I love standing next to Ben. He's not got the greatest voice by his own admission, but I love hearing him sing. And I, I don't think it's just because, you know, obviously I'm married to him, but I love hearing him sing because he sings with all his heart even though it doesn't sound great. <laughs> but, you know, there's a lot of people in our church family, and, and you might be one, that are struggling in some capacity. There's so much going on in your life, I'm sure, and sometimes we come to church and we have no words. But hearing audible faith helps us to keep on believing, to get up, to keep on trusting in God, and to also raise our voice. When you are singing and you hear the voice of others, it sort of goads you on, doesn't it, to lift up your voice, to lift up your sights to God and also sing. The word of God says that faith comes through hearing. And so many confessions of, the, of faith in the room is so encouraging. This morning, um, as you know, and I'm not trying to sort of make you feel sorry for me in any way, but you don't really, when you stand up here, you don't really feel completely like you're part of, you, you know, everyone singing there. You can't always hear too well. But this morning, I was so blessed to be in the congregation and to hear you singing around me. It was amazing. And I want to challenge you this morning to remember your brothers and sisters who come to this place and might be having a hard time and they actually can't let out an utterance or they feel really like they could just break in any moment. And to lift up your voice around them and bless them. When you sing, it builds others up. Your song brings strength to someone else. Not only is it good for building us up, but there are people that come into this place and they don't know the Lord, they don't know his love. And hearing your song, um, hearing your faith in the room is actually an evangelistic thing. Timothy Keller says in his book that good corporate worship will naturally be evangelistic. When they hear you and hear that you're singing about how Jesus has saved you, how Jesus loves you, how Jesus has forgiven you, that is a message to them, isn't it? And it's, it's a, an exciting message. It's, it's much nicer sometimes than just hearing it. But hearing it sung is really special. Number two, singing binds us together. People, if you think about it, sing in quite strange places at strange times. Have you ever been in a restaurant and they come to you and sing happy birthday to you and you don't know where to look? I uh, had an experience when I went on holiday uh, with a friend and we went to some, it, it was Italy, it was really lovely and we were in a restaurant and a man was coming and singing you know when someone comes with their guitar and sings to you and tries to serenade you it was the most awkward thing in the world and of course it happened to me but singing actually does do something wonderful there's this really interesting i started to read about this so i found it quite interesting but there's this um 
this kind of theory that we're sort of 90% selfish and 10% we can be not selfish. So I'll explain that. 90% of the time we're thinking about ourselves, we're thinking about, of course, as believers we should be different, but this is sort of about humans in general. 90% we're one way, we're thinking about ourselves. And then there are certain things in life that happen, for example, singing or death or um, tragic events that stop you from looking at yourself and your own and everything to do with you and bind you together and become selfless and to think of others. I think COVID was a bit like that. It, it sort of stopped us from looking at always our situation. I know that big events like 9-11, for example, the death maybe of Princess Diana, stopped people from looking at themselves. And that is called the hive effect. You know how bees will come together and they will create together. There's this sort of theory. I thought I'd mention it. But singing is one of those things. Scientists have seen that it's one of those things that binds people together. And actually, we need that as the church, don't we? We need more reasons to be bound together. We need to remember that we're one body. And singing reminds us that we're one body because we're singing one song to one God and we're one people. And it reminds us that we're united. Singing does bind us together. It, it reminds us that there's more than just us. So when we come together, we're, we're encouraging one another, building one another up by singing, but we're also being united. Number three, singing impacts our minds and our bodies. Singing impacts our minds and our bodies. I would also say singing impacts our hearts. Music impacts our minds for better or for worse. And it's so good for us to sing lyrics that are spiritual and God-centered because that sticks in our minds, doesn't it? And helps us. It helps us to put our trust in God, to be who he says we are, to be holy as Christ is holy. And those lyrics will just become a priority in your thinking and they will they will become part of your life. Singing impacts our minds and it also impacts our bodies. When we sing, when we come together, we're, we're, we're moving, aren't we? Singing, what happens when we sing? Well, we're moving and we're, we're engaged. And it just reminds us that worship isn't just a mental exercise, is it? But worship requires our bodies. It forces us to become physically involved when we express worship. Congregational singing invites me to be wholehearted and it exposes me if I'm not. Singing impacts our minds and our bodies. And actually when I'm saying singing, I don't just mean any random singing, but I mean singing about the Lord and with a heart for the Lord. Number, what are we at now? Number four, singing defeats the enemy. I want to, to ask you, what do you think this image is representing? Or what story does it represent? Hey, great. 
Yes, Act 16, Paul and Silas. Let's go there, actually. It's good to open our Bibles up. So let's go to Act 16. It's a long chapter, so we'll just read from 16 to 40. Paul and Silas in prison. Amazing. From 16 to 40. We might not even go as far as 40. <laughs> as we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune telling. She followed Paul and us, crying out, These men are servants of the Most High God. Oh my. Okay, maybe it's because I mentioned the spirit of divination and those things. These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And this she kept doing for many days. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her, and it came out that very hour. But when her owners saw that their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. And when they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, these men are Jews and they are disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept our practice. The crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates tore the garments off them and gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, it's really strange, by the way, how it changes from as we were doing this, and then it goes into third person and talks about them. Um, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. These men had just been beaten and they had been put into probably a really unsanitary prison. And look what they did, they were singing and praying. And let's just read on a little bit. And the prisoners were listening to them. That's really important. There was someone listening. Singing attracts people, doesn't it? Words don't attract as much as singing. Singing is wonderful. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They didn't preach to him, did they? And I'm not saying let's not preach to anyone, of course not, but he, he caught something in their singing. Like I said before, singing is evangelistic, isn't it? When we, of course, sing good things about God. 
Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him that came after and to all who were in his house. Let's stop there. Great, isn't it? Singing, the power of singing. So singing defeats the enemy. And uh, they were, they literally, their backs had been sort of ripped open with a whip. And at midnight, in, in horrible conditions, I'm sure it was a filthy prison, not like today where there's little telly in there and little basin. And their legs are, they're, they're in the stocks, aren't they? They're, and they're singing to the Lord. They held a worship service there. Singing defeats the enemy. I truly believe this. There have been times in my life that I have felt attacked by the enemy. Now, uh, I know that, you know, it's not something we speak about massively. But song has helped me through. It has. Recalling songs of my childhood, songs of, of uh, sort of more modern songs have helped me through to keep on trusting in Jesus, to, to choose joy instead of defeat. And I believe that singing defeats the enemy. Singing confuses the enemy because he wants us to be down and depressed, doesn't he? He wants to kill, steal and destroy. And when we sing, we say, no, we're going to fight. We're going to choose Jesus and we're going to choose joy. And what happened when they were singing and praying hymns to God Suddenly an earthquake shook the prison, their shackles fell off, the walls came down, and they were free. I believe that that's like a, a bit of a sort of an image for us, okay? So obviously we're not in prison, but sometimes we can be imprisoned by the enemy, can't we? And my encouragement to you is sing, sing to the Lord, ask God to give you a song. In fact, we, we don't need to ask God to give us a song. We have a song, don't we? We have been set free. And it's great just to remind yourself of who God is and sing, sing, sing. Number five. This is number five, isn't it? What happens when we sing? Well, this is the most important of all. Singing blesses God. This is the most important of the lot. And all of them make sense because of this one. When we sing in spirit and, and in truth, it blesses God. When we build one another up, it blesses God. When we come together, it blesses God. When we sing with our mind and our body, it blesses God. And when we resist the enemy and submit to God, God is blessed. This is the most important of all. When we come together, we sing to bless God. We don't sing necessarily to bless one another that's not the priority it's about God we don't sing to bless ourselves that comes second but the priority the number one is to bless God God has done so 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 much for us he sent his son into the world for all people I love what you said Mike this morning for everyone for all people and in God's grace, you have been forgiven, rescued from righteous wrath. And through Jesus Christ, you are now a son. So we have a song, don't we? 
We do have a song. We have a reason to sing. There's this wonderful, I don't know if any of you are aware of um, John Piper, but there's an amazing resource online called Desiring God. And their kind of slogan is, God is most glorified in us, yeah, when we are most satisfied in him. Is that correct, Ben? Yeah. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. Now, when we sing, no one sings, truly sings out of compulsion, and no one truly sings, but they feel upset. When we sing, we are actually engaging ourselves, aren't we? And we sing out of love. And God is most glorified when we are satisfied in him. When we sing and God is the object of our affection, truly the one, you know, the one focus, he is most glorified in that moment. So my encouragement this morning is to glorify God. Sing, sing everywhere. Sing everywhere, at all times. Sing. Sing God's word. It's good to sing songs that actually are, are scriptural. There's a great song by Chris Tomlin called Is He Worthy? And that's like rated one of the most sort of uh, uh, similar to scripture. Sing God's word. I wonder one day if... Um, we, if we ever don't have a Bible, a Bible, whether we will remember uh, words in the Bible. And maybe it's worth encouraging you to learn the Bible and create songs from it. Why not? Sing God's word. Sing with a pure heart. I encourage you to come every time to church and say, Lord, help me to sing and, and give me a pure heart. Give me a right spirit. And sing in the spirit. So what this means is when you come uh, to church, when you're at home, ask the Holy Spirit to help you sing, to give you songs, and, and to, to sing with his guidance. Amen. Let's just pray. Lord, it's clear that singing is so important, and you have a passion for song. And Lord, we want to sing um, with our whole hearts, Lord. We want to sing because it, it binds us together. It connects us, it, it, it builds us up. It impacts our minds, our bodies, Lord Jesus. It defeats the enemies, the schemes of the enemies. But most importantly, God, it blesses you. So help us, Lord, when we come together to sing to sing from a pure heart, Lord Jesus, to sing songs that bless you, to sing not with a divided heart, Lord, but a heart that is solely focused on you, Lord, you being the one object of our affection, Lord. I pray that many will hear our song as well outside and that many will come to you. Lord Jesus, I pray that you'd also help us because singing can be a bit awkward sometimes, Lord Jesus, but that you'd help us be free. Holy Spirit, help us to be free in your presence, to sing, Lord, with our whole being. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Lord, we bless you. Amen.